0: Um, I want to jump into um, God's word today. Um, and so a few weeks ago, I started a message, series of messages called What's New. And it was about what does God want to do, not getting back to what God has done. So we don't want to go back to normal. And I didn't want to call it new normal because so many people are using that phrase and it can get worn out. And I think I did a series one time called A New Normal years ago before any of this happened so uh, but we're talking about what does god want to do and so we've talked about how old is the nemesis of new. And then we've talked about how we, we talked about how sometimes we're, we're tempted to, to hang on to what is old and that can cost us stepping into what is new. Uh, and then last week, we talked about having just the things that we needed, a new sense and, and a new mindset and a new faith. And hopefully hopefully you're keeping up with us online because I think these are really relevant messages. Um, but when, when all the COVID stuff started breaking, out and and it started changing our world. <clears throat> I really started praying, and I've learned, um, <laughs> I've learned this is some you, you can write this down. Spiritual wisdom, if if uh, if it if it helps you, I think when things happen, a lot of times we ask God to fix it or to change it. And I've learned to ask God what He's doing in the moment. So a lot of times when things happen in our lives, our first reflexive thought is to ask God to change it to what we want, um, to do what we want him to do. And that's not necessarily wrong, but I found a deeper question might be, okay, God, what are you doing in the moment? Like, instead of telling God what I want him to do, sometimes I could ask God what he's actually doing. Some of you, that's your nugget. Take that home. Work on that this week, okay? So... Anyways, um, <laughs> And so, yeah, put a thumbs up in the comments. That was good. Anyways, um, because I think as we grow in our relationship with God, that this is relational and God's not a genie in the bottle um, that, you know, or a genie in the lamp that we rub and, and get him to come out and do what we what we want him to do. Sometimes it's about God. How do we partner with what you're doing? Like, what what are you doing? that your church is supposed to be a part of right like with social injustice i think there are a lot of predominantly white churches that just want it all to go away and go back to normal instead of asking god well god if this has been brought to to the forefront as it is what are you wanting the church to do with it instead of hoping it goes away so we can just all go back to normal because racial conversations make us nervous right and and so a lot of times we will miss God because we're so busy telling God what we'd like him to do that we forget to ask what he's actually doing right so so when covid hit i there's nothing about covid so far that i've enjoyed how about you guys any any part of it like being locked up in your home you know um, or I, I can't think you know masks um, i mean i just can't think of so far, I just haven't been able to come up with, with a lot of great things about COVID that I've enjoyed. There's not a top 10 list there. Um, but when it happened, I asked God, what are you doing? And, and I don't know that God gave me a lot of clear information on what he was doing, but what I did feel like was um, that, that there was some, some refocusing, some changing. Um, and I felt like coming out of COVID, I really felt like it's what the Holy Spirit said that there would be a, like a fresh move of the spirit. And I don't always have good, good words for that, but, but that God definitely wanted to do something on the other side of it. Um, And, you know, one of the things we saw and churches all over saw this is during COVID um, because, and part of it was people couldn't gather, but our online viewing audiences uh, like increased 400, 500 times. And so, like for us, on an you know, for for us, what that means is, you know, we had weekends where we you know, we had five and six thousand people watching, right? So, um, and so that was really cool because it felt like then I felt like, oh, the gospel comes back to the home, and now parents have to actually disciple their children, um, because you can't drop them off here for us to disciple them, and and so, and I'm not trying to be ugly, I'm just saying. You know, the discipleship was, the responsibility of discipleship was given to the parents. Write these scriptures on the doorposts of your home when you sit around the table, talk about the Word of God. And it was given to the parents, um, not to not to the, the staff. <laughs> and so, um, anyways, so I, I felt like there's some positives, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to move, and the next move of my spirit is going to be marked, I felt like he said, by two things, which was a baptism in the Holy Spirit and healing. Now, I've just offended half the people watching probably right there because you're not supposed to talk about controversial things like the holy spirit and we're okay i mean we all want him around we just don't want to talk too much about him because he makes people do weird things sometimes and i would say he doesn't he he, you know it's just weird people and um but i i think honestly um i'm not going to back up from this um, because I can defend it scripturally. Not only that, I don't have to defend it at all because God doesn't need my defense, but the Bible is very clear about God's power and his desire to, to move, to act, to heal. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I can't get into all that. And it's very clear about the Holy Spirit and not just the person of the Holy Spirit and not just the power of the Holy Spirit, but it talks about the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. And if your Bible talks about it, now I'm going to go ahead and and just say the thing that will make everybody uncomfortable and then we'll work from there. Um, People don't have a problem with the Holy Spirit, they have a problem with tongues. And we have, now think about this because people, because tongues makes people nervous or they don't like it or they can't control it or they can't explain it per se, um, we have created doctrinal systems against part of why the Holy Spirit is here. So think about this. Because God, let me generalize it so you see the, the work of the enemy. Because God does something I can't explain that makes me uncomfortable, makes me nervous, I'll create a doctrinal belief system against God. I will use God's word against him in order to remain comfortable Right. In order, in order to, to keep from having to understand, believe, pray, be open to listen. And when it comes to, even when we talk about healing and miracles, we create a doctrinal system against those things so we don't ever have to be disappointed. So who is actually behind those doctrines? Because I think Paul said it to Timothy, he talked about the doctrines of demons. And if I were a demon, I would create a doctrine that would cause the children of God to use the word of God against God to keep them from stepping fully into the promise of God. That may be the best thing that I've said. Are you with me? And so we have to talk about tongues because it's in your Bible. And we have to talk about the Holy Spirit and the baptism with the Holy Spirit because Jesus talked about it. And, and so I, I don't want to. Here's my thing is I don't know about y'all, but I'm kind of one of those like um, if I win a free trip, I want everything that I want. If there's a meal, I want the meal. I'm not going to skip breakfast if I got a free breakfast. Like, I never eat breakfast, but you put me in a hotel with free breakfast or breakfast vouchers, I am going down, and I'm going to eat breakfast. Why? Because it's part of the deal. Like, I don't want to leave anything on the table. Right? When you get your paycheck, do you look at it and say, you know, really, I don't need all my paycheck. Why don't you just keep some of it? Right? No, if, if it's mine, I want it. Right, and if you give me a gift, I'm not gonna say, "Well, I'll keep part of the gift." And I'll give the no. I'm gonna keep the whole gift. I want the whole gift because it's mine. Because you gave it to. me. Yes. And we got a lot of Christians leaving a lot of stuff on the table just because they don't want to be uncomfortable or disappointed or they don't want to understand. So I'm gonna be an act. If you're still online watching, <laughs> so far no one's left this room. I'm calling that a win. <laughs> But I'm going to be in Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19 is Paul, uh, it's his third missionary journey. He starts, he goes to Ephesus. He's going to be in Ephesus a couple of years. Acts chapter 19, it says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples and asked them, did you, now just pay attention. He found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, like a lot of Christians today who have been in some of our churches, no, we haven't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul then said, I've got to make sure you're a Christian. So he backs up and he says, then what baptism did you receive? And they replied, John's baptism. And then Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Water baptism, right? Paul re them. He's like, I got to make sure y'all got this one right. Okay? It's the only place really in the New Testament where you see people baptized again. Um, but it said... It, baptized in the name of the Lord. Now verse, verse six. Now after, think about this. So they have believed and they have been water baptized. Everybody following so far. And so Paul said, you are good. Is that what it says? It says in verse six. And then Paul said, you guys are great. You got all that you need. There's nothing else. Praise God. No, it says Paul placed his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied and there were about 12 men in all. And do you see that? Do you see that? That that Paul actually said, have you believed in Jesus? Yeah, we believe. Well, what baptism? What was John's baptism? Then he backed up and said, let's just get baptized again in the name of the Lord Jesus in water. And then he came back and he said, now there's something else. Right? And so I called this message. I looked at their question. They said, we haven't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. And so I I, I called this message, um, am I missing something? Am I missing? Because I feel like Paul's talking think about it. Paul's talking to him, and he's like, hey, you know, what have you believed? What baptism did you receive? Uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. And I think all of a sudden they have that. Wait a second, Paul. Am I missing something here? Have you ever been in a conversation where you feel like, I'm missing something? Or, or maybe, you know, have you ever gotten a, something you had to put together? <laughs> And right at the end, you realize, I think I'm missing something, and I needed it to complete. It's okay if you find it right in the beginning. That's why now I actually do the inventory of the parts before I start putting something together, because I have learned, right? But this is what what the, the believers at Ephesus said. Are we missing something? And this is what Paul said. Yeah, you are. But let me help you with it. And so I, I want to pray. God, today I just ask for your grace and your wisdom. I ask for a listening ear. God, I don't, I'm not even asking that people just dive in and completely believe. I just pray, God, like 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 Festus, when Paul was before him, he said, I'll hear you again on this. God, I just pray they would listen again. God, that we would hear what the Holy Spirit wants God, that we would hear what you want to say. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so so there's If you think about it, believing, water baptism, and then the Holy Spirit. Three things, right? Do you see that? Look at Hebrews 6 really quick. I'm going to go through a lot of scripture. I'm going to go pretty quickly. Hebrews 6, it says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Does everybody see elementary? Does elementary imply... Like, like when you graduate elementary school, you get to go to intermediate school. This is how it was when I was a kid. And then from intermediate school, you get to go to junior high. And from junior high, you get to go to high school. So elementary is not the end, it's, the, it's two plus two, right? He says so, leaving the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity. Not laying again the foundation. So here are the elementary principles. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead and faith toward God and the doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands. Did you just see what he said? So here's elementary principles. Right? Repentance from dead works. Faith toward God. Now look at this one. The doctrine of baptisms. Baptisms. And of laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And we're going to do that if God permits us. In other words, Paul said, can't stay here. Got to keep moving. These are elementary principles. And here's what I'm saying. Are those elementary principles to you? Have you mastered those? Repentance from dead works, faith in God, the, the baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why our churches aren't as strong as we'd like them to be because we still haven't laid the foundation. Okay, I can't get off on that. They have two points. Write this down very simple. Number 1, there are three baptisms. There are three baptisms. There are three baptisms in your Bible. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people now if you've been here any length of time you've heard me speak a message like this. So you can it can be reviewed for you. But for some people they're like, I thought there was just one baptism. No, there are three baptisms. Let me show them to you really quickly. First of all, there's the baptism of love or we would call it salvation, right? It's a repentance. Um, so so the first one is salvation, which we say we're the, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit's baptism of love. And and by the way, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Let me give you three baptisms, and I'll show you. There's the baptism of. This is why some people don't understand baptisms, because we don't get the grammar right. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then there's the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. With and in are interchangeable prepositions, but not of. So there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So in salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. Paul said it this way, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. By one spirit, we were baptized into the body of Christ, right? So there's salvation, right? What about water baptism? Well, <clears throat> Matthew three eleven, John said, I baptize you with water for repentance, But after me comes one who is more powerful than I. So I baptize you with water. So there's water. So we have salvation or love. We have water. Are you with me? But let's keep reading what John the Baptist, by the way, this is a Baptist. This is the first Baptist, John the Baptist. Okay, and I'm sorry. I just don't get offended. I just, if we can't laugh at ourselves. I baptize you with water, but there comes one more powerful than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with The Holy Spirit and fire. Now, back up. Are those two the same thing? Right? He's saying, I'll baptize you with water. This man's going to baptize you with fire. I'm going to baptize you with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Are water and the Holy Spirit the same thing? Are fire and water the same thing? then this is John the Baptist prophesying about something that Jesus will do because the Holy Spirit baptizes into the body of Christ. A disciple baptizes us in water, but Jesus baptizes us with or in the Holy Spirit. Do, Do you see that? It's right there. So let me show you this figuratively. Let me show you the three baptisms figuratively in the Bible. So very quick, Abraham. Genesis 12, he is called out of idolatry, out of his family, salvation. Genesis 15, God cuts a covenant. Baptism is known as a cutting. Colossians talks about this, the circumcision or the cutting of the heart, okay? So Genesis 15, God cuts a covenant with Abraham where they divide animals, cutting them in half. That's water baptism, right? And then God changes Abraham's name in Genesis 17 from Abram to Abraham. Ham Abraham that the h in hebrew is ruach which is also breath so god literally puts his breath in him which we would call spirit okay and he changed Sarah's, sarah to sarah he took the i out and put the breath in and that's why we need the holy spirit because because you need to be less full of you and more full of him okay so anyways wow. Then let's talk about Israel. They came out of Egypt, right? That's salvation. They went through the Red Sea, that's their baptism, they went to Mount Sinai, the beginning of Pentecost, where the cloud came down. In fact, Paul talks about Israel when he says in in 1 Corinthians 10, he said they were baptized into Moses, that's their deliverance, in the cloud, that's the spirit, and in the sea, that's the water. Three baptisms. Are, Are you tracking with me? What about the tabernacle of Moses? Well, the priest would come, and the first thing they did, if they wanted to go into the Holy of Holies, the first thing was they brought a lamb and they sacrificed a lamb on the altar salvation then they went to the laver and washed with water baptism water baptism then they went and they were their head was anointed with oil spirit baptism oil represents Holy Spirit do do you see that all all three so what about uh, well John 3 here's John 3 chapter 3 this is Jesus conversation with Nicodemus and before I read this, let me explain that I understand the context. And I understand physical birth and spiritual birth. And I understand that. But I just want to read the red John three, verse three. Then Jesus said, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can see it. Right. So so what is the kingdom of God It's, it's the reign and the rule of God coming or having come. To the earth, right? It's so what Jesus, it was his own message. Repent. Why? The kingdom of God has come near. So, the whole Bible, the whole Bible from Genesis through Revelation is about a spiritual kingdom taking dominion over a physical planet, right? On earth as it is in heaven. It's the whole idea. So, what Jesus said is when you're born again, you can see that there is a kingdom, you can see that there's a king. You can see that there is a power and a reign and a rule. Now, and then Nicodemus asked, how can someone be born if they're old? Then verse five, again, we're just reading the words of Jesus. And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Now, look at that. When you're born again, you can see it. But if you want to enter into it, let me let me put it this way. If you if you want to if you want to see it all, if you want to receive it all, if you want to experience it all. So the kingdom of God could also be a picture of the overcoming Christian life. So here's what he's saying. When I'm born again, I can see that there's a way to win. But if I want to win, I've got to be baptized in water and baptized in the spirit. Are you with me? Like, I can see it. I can see there's an overcoming Christian life. I wonder if a lot of people um, are not living the fullness of the Christian life, is because you don't have everything you were offered. Okay, now let me show you the three baptisms literally literally that was figuratively literally first of all you have peter in jerusalem this is the day of pentecost acts 2 237 it says when the people heard this they were cut to the heart and said to peter and the apostles brothers what do we do and peter replied repent be baptized every one of you in the name of the lord jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit you see that repent be baptized And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now we say, well, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that's salvation, because this is where a lot of people get messed up. They think, well, when I'm born again, God's Spirit comes to live inside of me, and that's salvation. That's true. But there's a difference between God's Spirit being resident and it being the president. Right? So Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of water. So I'm not asking, is he resident? I'm asking, is he flowing out of you? because an immersion means there's, there's, it's all over, inside and out, right? It's just flowing, right? Are, are you with me? But but notice they said the gift of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people say, well, this is salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit. But that's not the context that Jesus put it in. And I'll read that in just a minute. It's not the same context because Jesus talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit um, and he's not talking about salvation because he's talking to people who are saved. Um. <clears throat> And you also have to look at the context. This is Acts 2. What just happened in Acts 2? These cloven tongues of fire descended on their heads, and they were all speaking the languages of other people in Jerusalem, devout men from other countries. So it was this miraculous sign of tongues where people understood the gospel in their own language from people who didn't know how to speak their language. And that's what started the conversation of what is going on here. And then Peter said, oh, you can have it too. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right, here's Philip in Samaria. This is Acts 8, 12. When they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized. So here they are. But when they believed Philip, their salvation, right, and they were baptized, water, both men and women, verse 13, Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Peter everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. By the way, I don't think you'll see signs and miracles without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think think we can pray for it all we want, but until we are full of the Holy Spirit, because signs and wonders are actually worked through the gift of the Holy Spirit working through the believer. It's 1 Corinthians 12. Simon himself believed. He saw the miracles. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God... They sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed the new believers. Now, Okay, so they have believed and they've been water baptized. And now Peter and John come. And and verse 15 clearly says, and when they arrived, they said, oh, you believed and you've been water baptized. That's all there is, brethren. You guys are great. Is that what they said? No, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive... The Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do you see a difference here? They prayed for them to receive something they had not received. And then, and then Luke writing Acts gives us this clue. Because they hadn't received it yet. They had been water baptized. That's all they had. But there was something else. Are are you with me? And then we read Acts 19, which is Paul in Ephesus. And let me just say this because people say, well, you know, that whole Pentecost thing, that was to get the church started. That was just to set it in motion in the book of Acts. And then, and then all of this stuff just passed away. It just went away. Do you understand Acts chapter 19, our text where the Ephesians said, wait a second, are we missing something? And Paul's like, You're missing the you're missing the third person of the Trinity. You're missing the third Baptist. You're missing one third of what you're supposed to have. Like if you miss one out of three, you fail. That's 66%. That's called math. And, and, and look at this. Acts 19, this is, listen, catch this, over 20 years after Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. It's twenty years. So you're telling me, like, if this is your argument that no, it passed away, that was just for the New Testament church, you know, and da, da, and and you know, all right. So here's what you tell me. So tell me, it continued for twenty years, but at some point, at some point, God who who had pictures of these three baptisms all through the Bible, and this had been standard operating procedure, and Jesus had talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And John talked about it, and Pentecost came. But but sometime, I don't know, 20, 22 years, 23 years, somewhere after that, God just said, you know, I don't think I need to do that anymore. I don't think people need that. Makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> Messes up the church services. Weird people are gonna get that and act even weirder. So we're just going to stop that right now because the church really doesn't need power. Because some people say, well, now that we have the Bible, we don't need the Baptist Holy Spirit. So what you're saying is we need the word of God, but not the power. Because remember what Paul said? He said, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech. I came to you with the Spirit's power and the demonstration of the Spirit's power. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the problem with our country and the people around us is we bibled them to death, but they haven't seen the power of God in our lives. By the way, in Acts chapter two, verse thirty nine, when Peter's talking about repent, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you read verse thirty nine, it says this for this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. You know what it tells me? Marty straight is in Acts chapter two, verse thirty nine. He didn't say, this promise is for a little while. Get it while you can. It's, it's for the first century church or the first generation of church believers or disciples. No, it said, as many as the Lord our God. It's generational, and as many as God will ever call, he will offer this promise and this gift to. There are three baptisms. Here's the second thing. <laughs> this one's kind of funny. It's, it's the first point, there are three baptisms. Here's the second point. There are three baptisms for a reason. I was thinking, Lord, how do I make this just simply what I want to say? And I was like, there are three baptisms. And then I'm like, there's a reason why there are three baptisms. There's your sermon. There are three baptisms. Let me show you how perfect this is. So salvation or, or repentance um, is where we become a new creation. In fact, you can see it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The oldest passed away. And the new has come. He's a new creation. So the, the salvation is about being a bad, uh, salvation is about becoming or God making a new creation. Please understand God, God is not trying to, um, God's not trying to make you a better version of you. That's what religion does. Religion tries to externally conform you to a better version, a, a version that knows how to dress a certain way, say a certain thing, act a certain way, worship a certain way. God's not interested in you becoming a better version of you. He's he's interested in you becoming a new creation. Like he wants to recreate everything and he starts from the spirit out. And so you, you're born again, you're new in the spirit, and then it works through your soul and your body. Right? It's a new creation. Um, So salvation is about becoming new. Water baptism is about cutting off the old. You can read that in Romans 6 and Colossians 1, but in Romans 6, it says, don't you know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ were baptized uh, into his death? Verse 6 says, we know that our old self was crucified and or the body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Verse 7, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Colossians 2 calls it uh, the cutting away of the flesh. In fact, Romans 1 says the circumcision of the heart. Those are Paul's terminologies. And so what? water baptism, it's not just a sign that says I've been saved. There is a spiritual work that happens in the water. This is what we talk about every time we have baptism weekend. It's not just getting wet. It's not just a, a testimony of God's faithfulness. It's good. Those things are good. That's wonderful. It's it's good, but it's deeper than that because it is where God cuts away the flesh and, and where the sinful nature dies and is buried and it creates a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, right? So so check this so far. Salvation becoming new. Water baptism, the old is cut away. Watch this. Spirit baptism is power to walk in the new. Right? It is power to walk in the new. Look at what um, Luke 24, 46, the words of Jesus. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise uh, from the dead on the third day and to repent. uh and that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. So he has talking to people who have been saved and they have been water baptized. And he's saying, now go wait in Jerusalem. Why? Because the power to do what I've called you to do is coming. Jesus' last words were not the great commission. We get this wrong. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. That was not his last words. That was his commission. His last words were not go, but wait. Wait for the power to go. Because if you go without the power, you're going to struggle. So go wait on the power. And when the power comes, the go will happen. Are you with me? Wait, he said, Acts 1.8, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? To go be my witnesses, to go into all the world, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to cleanse the leper, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. Freely you receive. What did they freely receive? The Holy Spirit. Freely you give. What? Go baptize them too. Are, Are you with me? So it's the power to walk in the new. New creation, old is cut away, power to new. So so what's the Holy Spirit for? Well, what's salvation for? Well, and so I've become the new creation that God intended me to be. What's water baptism for? So God can crucify the flesh, cut away the flesh. So what's the Holy Spirit baptism for? So that I'm empowered to do what God created me to do. So that I'm empowered to do What God wants me to do before you go, wait. Now think about this. Jesus, before he started his ministry, was baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. John said this way, I saw the Holy Spirit like a dove. Not a dove like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit like a dove descend and remain. In fact, John also said the one the Holy Spirit descends and remains on, that's the one who has the power to baptize you in or with the Holy Spirit. That's John chapter 1. All right? Now, I'm going to ask an obvious question. If Jesus needed to be baptized in water and to be baptized with the Holy Spirit before he started his ministry... Are you catching where I'm going with this? Yeah. Then why would we preach against it and then tell people to go about their ministry? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Come on. And why would we try to go about what God's called us to do yeah. without him? Yeah. Without the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit? Yep. Why, would, why would we assume that would work when Jesus gives us a different picture so so this is what people say so many times well I just want to go to heaven so are any of these like because here's a question I get do you really have to be baptized with water to go to heaven do you really have to be spirit baptized to go to heaven Here, here's what I'd say um, before you ask that question let me ask you a question what kind of Christian do you want to be yep I said it put the fire emoji in the chat right there just burn the whole church down No, seriously. Seriously. There are three salvations. Do you want to be a 33% Christian? Would you like to be a 66% Christian? Or 100%? You You want to keep it 100 or keep it 33? (laughs) (laughs) Pastor, can we talk about something else? Can we talk about... Let's talk about how the Lord wants to bless us. This is the number way, number one way the Lord wants to bless you is with the gift of his Holy Spirit. It's the number one way that he wants to bless you. And, and to sit here and say, well, can I be saved and not be water baptized? And can I be saved and go to heaven and not be spirit baptized? I'm asking myself, like, I think the question itself is, is actually revealing of a greater issue than even what what the answer would be. Yes. Let me ask a different question and see if you like this one. Pastor, how much can I sin and still go to heaven? Now, I'm not saying that not being water baptized is sin, and I'm not saying that not being spirit baptized is sin. I'm just saying the root of the issue is how I, I want to be as close to God as I need to be in order to to get to heaven but i may not want to go all in because it may cost too much it may not understand it all and and what i'm saying (laughs) i may not have a church after this but anyways (laughs) um but i just decided in in me just like i'm going to tell you about god's plan you know for for your life and your purpose and And I'm going to tell you about finances and relationships and all those things. we got to come back to something that, according to to the writer of Hebrews, which some people believe is Paul, it's foundational. It's foundational. And it's that there are three baptisms, and they have a reason. There's a reason why. It's because God wants to make you new, and he wants to cut away the old, and he wants to give you power and so in Acts chapter 19, what do we learn about this third baptism when Paul shows up to these Ephesians? What, what do we learn about it? Well, we learn, first of all, that he assumed they needed it and they assumed they needed it. I mean, think about how, wouldn't this be crazy? We're reading actually, and he's like, hey, did you receive the the, the Holy Spirit? We hadn't heard there was a Holy Spirit. And then, and then Paul starts. Well, what baptism? And wouldn't it be crazy if all of a sudden you had a next question is like, do we really need that, Paul? Like, is that for everybody, Paul? Like, does everybody got to do that, Paul? I don't know, Paul. Before you lay your hands on me, I just want to know: am I going to do anything weird? <laughs> Look at me. I am full of the Holy Spirit, and I am not. Well, wait a second. <laughs> Pastor Mark is full of the Holy Spirit, and he is not weird. <laughs> I was weird before I was full of the Holy Spirit. That's the problem. <laughs> but, but these, do do like, could you, like, I don't know, Paul, like, let's talk about this again. What's that really for? Like, does everybody really need that? And, and does it make you do anything? And, you know, I don't know. I'm just not sure. Just not sure I'm there yet in my journey, Paul. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm just working my own salvation out with fear and trembling. I think you wrote those words, Paul. So we're just working on that and not sure I'm ready to that place to turn over. I don't know that, you know, I don't know, Paul. Could I hear you again on this? Paul? Maybe. I don't know. I'll read a book on it. I'll Google something, um, I, you know. but But look, the assumption was they needed it. And that was Paul's assumption and their assumption. This is New Testament church. And Paul said, wait a second, there's another baptism. They're like, we missed something? Yes, you missed something. And they're like, then we need that. Yes, you need that. Come on, come on. And today it's like, well, I don't know. I wasn't raised to believe in that. You were also raised to believe a fat man came down your chimney and delivered presents once a year. But sometimes you grow up and believe certain things weren't exactly right. And other things you're like, I need to believe that. Sorry. (laughs) I don't know. I just, you know, in the church I grew up in, well, they might have been good people, but someone might have taught them to not believe in the Holy Spirit and to not talk about the Holy Spirit. Well, I heard he'll make you act crazy. No, only if you want to. God will allow you to be as crazy as you want to be, right? That's what he said about the disciples at Jason's house. That's what they said. He said, these are the men who have turned the world upside down. You can be as crazy as you want to be. You can live in the world right side up or you can turn it upside down. But the power of God is here so you can turn it upside down because that's what Jesus came to do. And so it was assumed they needed it, and then it was imparted spiritually, right? This wasn't wasn't a test they took or It was a spiritual happening. And then here's the thing, it was accompanied by signs. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. And I know that's where people right there are like man, Pastor, I was was kind of enjoying the talk, but we're back around to that tongues thing. And if you want to split a church, just you got two T words that are split a church tongues and tithe. (laughs) It's true. Because you say tithe, the tithers in the room are like, preach it because I want to hear about my blessing and the windows of heaven being open because I'm a tither. And the people are like, oh, the church is after my money. Ethel, get your purse and make sure the wallet's still in there. (laughs) The usher may have got it when we came in. They looked nice, they were shaking hands, but they may have been shaking you down. (laughs) Right? And then you say tongues. Well, there's one side. It's like finally revival has come to our church. Pastor has said tongues on onomatopoeia, and here they go. And should have bought a Honda. Um, and then the other side was like, my God, they warned us about churches where they talked about the tongues. But here's what I'm saying. You know, Jesus said it this way. If you ask for bread is God going to give you a stone? Or if you ask for fish, is God going to give you a snake? So if you ask God for all that He has, is He going to give you something bad? Well, I don't understand tongues. Well, you explain salvation then. Explain making a declaration of faith And having the Holy Spirit of the Almighty God come to live in you and transform you from the inside out. Now you draw that on a diagram. I want to see it. (laughs) What if following God is not about understanding, but about believing and receiving? And if God has something that is good for you. That Jesus talked about, Jesus experienced it. And Jesus, according to scripture, it is Jesus who baptizes us with and in the Holy Spirit. Here's my question. Is Jesus gonna, is Jesus gonna do anything bad to you? See, that's the problem is when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we focus on the Holy Spirit because we think God is the mean one, because He's won't kill everybody in the Old Testament. So Jesus came, so God wouldn't kill us all. So Jesus is the nice one. And then when we get the Holy Spirit, we're like, he's the weird one. <laughs> I've got the mean one, the nice one, the weird one. And that's why everyone wants to talk to Jesus. Let me, okay. Have you ever read John 14, 15, and 16? Where Jesus said, I go away. Just like Elvis, Jesus has left the building. Seriously. The- 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 theologically. Scripturally, Jesus is not here. He is seated at the right hand of God. And I think this is why some people never say, and and Jesus said, if I go away, I'm going to send another. And I think some, some, the reason why people never accept the coming of the Holy Spirit is they never accept the fact that Jesus left. And until we get in our theology and in our mind, Jesus has left, and that is why he sent someone else. And now God who is with us, is if, he is the Holy Spirit who is with us and, and according to, to John, shall be in us. And so now God, when we sense his presence, is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, now I want to baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Are you you catching me? But I think some people, since you've never said bye to Jesus, you don't say hello to the Holy Spirit. And think about this. And we're focused on the Holy Spirit. He might make me weird. No, no, no. Jesus is the one who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this. Is Jesus safe? Then you can trust him to baptize you yeah. with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and so you say, Well, how, how do I receive? Well, he's a promise and a gift. He's a promise and a gift. You receive a hundred, you don't receive things you don't ask for. And so if you want to be baptized with or in the Holy Spirit, you ask. And then by faith you receive. And you say, well, what about tongues? Maybe don't get so focused on the manifestations of the Spirit as 1 Corinthians 12 talks about. Get so focused on being full of Him. Get so focused on seeking an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And people say, well, why why are there signs? Here's what I say. I think you need signs so that you know. I don't like doctrines that say the, the initial physical evidence. I don't, I don't like that because when you study church history, they came out of a judgmental standpoint. I want to judge if you have what I have. So I don't, I don't like doing something. So someone else can tell me if I have something or not, I want to encounter with God where I know what I have, right? I I want to encounter where I know, and I want to encounter where the, where the, I think here's what tongues is about. Tongues is about, well, there's a lot, but first of all, I think it's the language of heaven. I think in heaven, we all speak in tongues. I just think we understand because I think it's the blessed, like we didn't have races until the Tower of Babel when the languages were confused. That's where, that's where racism started or difference in races, Tower of Babel. I think the baptism of the Holy Spirit is restoring everyone back to a pure and perfect language. That's how one nation, every tribe, every tongue. But just like Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, they spoke in tongues and everyone understood the gospel and the great works of God. I think that's a picture of heaven. I think that's heaven kissing earth. Are you with me? And so if you have a problem, my theory, I can't prove it because the scripture doesn't speak to it. But my theory is you have a problem with tongues, you have a problem with heaven because I think that's what you're going to speak. I can help Westerners out. It won't be English. Oh, everybody speaks English in heaven. (laughs) Bless it. Um, And so I I just want you to stand, and at home you can stand. I'm just going to pray for you, and then I'm going to get us out of here. And and here's what I'm going to say. You you may or may not be ready to ask God to baptize you, or ready really to ask Jesus to baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit. But my question is, would you just lean into it? Would you let it challenge you? Would would you consider it? Would you not discount it? Because as a church, I don't want us to miss out on anything that God has for us. And I'm telling you, in my opinion, more than, more than a new building filled with a bunch of people, we need a bunch of new creations filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And so I just, if you're ready to see, I just want you, obviously, you receive and you say, well, well, what about tongues? How does that happen? I can tell you my experience is you, you feel the presence of God powerfully and you start hearing the beginnings of a language. Typically, it, it, it kind of comes from inside. And then you decide whether you're going to let it out or not. It's, this is, it's just that simple. Like if you want a prayer language today, if you. If you want that experience today, I think you can have it. It's for as many as the Lord God will call. How does it happen? You pray and you feel it bubbling up on the inside and you hear like a language you don't understand and then you decide whether you're going to speak it out or not. It's that simple. Like don't make it complicated. Feel the presence of God. Feel a language. Feel a syllable or two. It doesn't make sense to you. You let it out. It's that simple. Father, I just thank you so much for the gift And the promise and the person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, God, I pray for our church that we would be full of the Holy Spirit. That we would be full of the Holy Spirit. And God, today I pray maybe people would for the first time take that step of faith and say, Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, fill me full of the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray rivers of living water, just as you said, Jesus, would flow out of them. God, we want to wait on the promise of the Spirit. We want to wait on the promise of the Spirit. And So God, I pray right now, Jesus, baptize us. God, those who are hungry, those that desire, baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit fill us full to overflowing. God, I pray in all of us, create such a hunger and an expectancy of this third baptism. Where you're at, if you if you want to, you can put your hands up and surrender or however, but if you want to be baptized, you just say, Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray just as Paul prayed in Acts chapter 19 that the Holy Spirit would fall on them, that the fire of God would fall on them. God, they would sense your presence. They would fill that river. And God, they would just release it. And God, you would baptize them with the Holy Spirit. God, as we're waiting on you, if there are anyone in this room or watching online that doesn't have a relationship, maybe they've not had the first baptism where they say, God, may- maybe they joined a religion, but they didn't become a new creation. And God, I just pray. I pray. God, they would take a moment and just simply say, Jesus, and you can do this. If you need a relationship with God today, if you want to be a new creation today, you can do this. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died and rose again. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and make me a new creation and help me to follow you the rest of my life. And God, I pray that you would help them follow you the rest of their lives. God, today we thank you for the presence of God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit we feel in this room. God, we thank you that you are moving in and through us. God, don't stop now. We want more and more and more to the rivers overflow and flood this city. And God, we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Come on, can you give Jesus? Yeah, big praise. Listen. If you have any questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you want more information, you can contact us. Our staff, our pastors would love to sit down and talk with you or chat with you on the phone if you have questions. Uh, but I just want you to lean in, as a church. Let's lean into it. If you need prayer today or you received Christ today, you became a new creation, would you text prayer to 903-331-0559. If you're at home or in the the room, uh, we would love to pray with you. Other than that, God bless you all. You're amazing. I love you. Greatest church in the world. Love you who are at home. Love you so much. Can't wait to see you next weekend for week four of What's New. Uh, Until then, God bless you. Go take over the world and be filled with the Spirit. Amen. God bless you guys.